Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, that's my idea of uh, sports heaven anyway. Sports heaven to me is, is when you die, you go to sports heaven, which means you have access to everything sports related that's ever occurred in the history of man and womankind. Be pretty damn cool. So what I mean is, you go to heaven, you're a good person. You, first of all, you got to live right, like Steiny. You know I'm going to heaven, hopefully. Uh, and so yeah, I could get up there. Well, I mean, how about that? Like, oh, so I played Division Three athletics. Evan played Division Three athletics. Craig played D1 football. John must have done something. He's a big boy. But hoops, junior college football. Junior college football. He's got the size. So you like. Tell me if I'm right. Don't be modest. The first thing I'm checking out at heaven is every game I ever played in. <laughs> and that's going to take a long time because I'm going to, I, uh, I want to see every pickup game I played in back in Reading. I want to see every pickup game played in the Bay, every high school game. You know you would do that. Don't you want to see how, what went I'm wrong? I get tired of it. What get, how could you get tired of that? Well, because I got a lot of, I got a lot of big moments. Well, yeah, but you've got a lot of big moments. Yeah, so you go to those first, but then also when you're going through the, you know, the the, the cinephiles, you're also seeing maybe a couple of games where you weren't as good as you thought. I'm you okay were. with that. I'm okay. You're looking with at that. yourself like, wow, I I thought my jump shot was a lot better. I, I it's true. I, I thought my my breaking ball was a little bit better. But like this, five one zero says I go to Jordan's tryout as a freshman. Great to call. see why he didn't make the varsity. See, that's a great one. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Wilt's 100-point 100 100 game, yeah, that's one I'd love to see, too. Absolutely. Stuff with no footage or no you know, documentation, really. I, I, I think those would be great. Somebody says, Steiny, heaven sounds a lot like YouTube. <laughs> do, see, you, do you see, realize how much is not on YouTube? <laughs> well, but see, and, and this we were, we were talking to Craig during the break about this. This is why I don't think you can have a favorite player that you haven't watched because what's the reason why you love an athlete? It's because you've experienced both the highest of highs with that player as well as the lowest of lows. You have seen a player that has achieved whatever they've achieved, but also you've seen them have absolute stinkers. We're talking about you know what we'd want to go back and watch. Yeah, I'd love to go see the no-hitter I threw in my senior year in high school. I also wouldn't like to see the pop fly I dropped up and, and that I dropped in the semifinals that see, same I would, year. I would like to see that. And just relive that. Well, yeah, just remember it. Hey, the way, like, you know what? When I choked and missed a foul shot my senior year against Eastern York with 16 seconds left, front end of a one and one You know what? I'd like to go back and look at that. Just laugh or what? He's heckling shake, himself. Shake my head. <laughs> Let's shake stinks. my head. I can remember what I was thinking before that miss. I would also love to experience atmospheres of ah, yes, atmospheres of places, different gyms, yes. different arenas, different stadiums. Yes, places that I mean, I would I would love to go watch a baseball game at the Polo Grounds. Like I would love to go to Ebbets Field. I would love to go to. Different places, even high school gyms. We've talked mm. about how those atmospheres and how tight they get create an energy that is irreplaceable. Yeah, no and doubt. so it's it's got to be stuff like that. Well, I've always kind of thought that if you could put me what I think the best atmosphere in sports is, just atmosphere. And to me, it's it's just 
It's always been walking into a big high school basketball game where they're playing in front of, oh, it could be anywhere from two to 9,000, you know, that, and it's just electric. Well, but, and also to see players in those gyms, in their, you know, kind of infancy of their athletic careers. Like I heard a story one time, there's, there's this field out in Alameda, uh, I, I I forget, Alameda High plays there. It's their home field. Anyways, it's got a deep, deep left field. We're talking like 400 plus, 450 feet plus. Short porch and right, about 250. High wall. Interesting layout of the field. I heard Ricky Henderson's the only player to ever hit a home run to left center field at that place. Yes, Ricky Henderson in high school was incredible. Went to Oakland Tech and Alameda, and that field has only seen one home run to the the way out, 450-plus in left center field. He's the only person that has ever done it. I would love to see it. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I mean, see, that's the other thing that would be incredible is to is to be able to, uh, in essence, you know, look at the greatest players of all time and basically watch how they grew up and played. Yeah. Like, that would be unbelievable. Or even seeing... You didn't know uh, Larry Bird went to Indiana first? He's going to play for Bobby Knight? I didn't. Yeah. Larry Bird lived in French. Uh, uh, French Lick. Yes. Actually from uh, Baden, I think. Anyway, he goes to Indiana, University of Indiana, and everyone's like, this is going to be unbelievable. It's a match made in heaven. Larry Bird and Bobby Knight. Bird got homesick after a month. He just left. Then he started working on the garbage truck. So it wasn't about Bobby Knight as much as it was missing home. Yeah, pretty much. Mostly. Although I can't imagine it's easy to play for Bobby. I mean, he was from a small town, then he went to Indiana in Bloomington. It's got like 40,000 students. He just didn't fit. Then he went home, worked for a year, and then he went to Indiana State. Worked on his game. Uh, And his his, uh, maintenance, his maintenance work. But it would be cool to to be able to see guys coming up. Uh, Coming up, speaking of which, 1 o'clock, we got Eric Crocker. We're going to get into the 49ers. Uh, he's on the uh, Locked On 49ers podcast. So, it's funny. Derek Carr and the Raiders. He's mm-hmm. not going to quarterback, obviously, uh, on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. But you told me something today that I, I must have missed. So, Derek Carr, uh, he's been sent home, essentially. And I think the reason, big reason he got sent home was because they, they don't want to uh, risk injury. If Derek Carr were to get hurt, then his contract would be guaranteed next season, and they don't want that. They're still in it. I didn't. I thought they had been eliminated last week. I mean, essentially, yes, but, I mean, no. Mathematically, they're still in it. They need a lot of help. You need to pretty much everyone in front of them to lose. But, no, if they win out and everyone loses out, the Raiders have an outside shot to make the playoffs. That's unbelievable. And they told them to kick rocks. No ownership deal, right? Did primarily, that is that, it, and they cited the word distraction. But Derek Carr is going to be a quarterback in the NFL next year. He should be. This is what I don't get: is okay. Last year the Raiders made the playoffs. Okay. This year you go out and spend big money, big trade capital on Devontae Adams. You bring in Chandler Jones. You have Derek Carr. You give him a new large contract. And then a year in, you punt on him and the whole operation. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Raiders are trying to go after, I don't know, Tom Brady, or they're trying to recruit Lamar Jackson. 
I don't know what chance you have of getting either of those guys, but if you're the Raiders, doesn't it kind of feel like it's a slap in the face of Derek Carr? It does now, yes. It does now. I, I think... I don't know if Carr, and the, the stories I read, 510, he says Carr asked to step away to not be a distraction. He's a good guy. I mean, the way I read it was a, a, it was kind of mutual. But why would he be a distraction? And I know I said yesterday, just by being in the locker room, people are going to want to talk to him, but he doesn't have to be out there front and center. Well, and then, and that's the point you brought up yesterday. What if was something gets I didn't hurt? Think about, then what do you do? Then apparently you go to Chase Garbers. But, and that's another thing, too. It's like, Okay, if the reasoning, quote unquote, is eh, we, you know, we want to preserve our our opportunity to move on from Derek Carr, whether it be to cut him, to trade him, whatever, we want to see what we have in Jared Stidham. Well, let's be honest, you know what you have in Jared Stidham. Maybe you have Brock Purdy. I don't know what you're talking about. Jared Stidham's been in the league for a As couple. As Guru of years. would say, don't take that from him. <laughs> He's played eight games in the NFL. Oh yes. If, if Jared Stidham was going to be Brock Purdy, I think we might know it. Yeah. Um, we got some good ones about sports heaven on the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, this is the best one. We're talking about sports heaven is a place where you can go and you can either see or relive every moment in sports history, even if it's not available to you. Somebody goes, uh, I'd go to the Warriors practice to find out what Poole said to Draymond. <laughs> like, you could. Like, that'd be open. Do you, do you really think it was anything that bad? Like, I, I honestly just think it was some normal trash talk. Well, for whatever reason, there was something. There was a dark cloud that day. There was just something. Yeah, and you get to see Draymond walk into the facility, apparently pissed off already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, 36 Olympics, Jesse Owens. That'd be pretty well, cool. That, okay, oh, Miracle so, on Ice. Miracle yeah. on Ice. All right, so we're talking about, yeah, being a fly on the wall to Hitler watching Jesse Owens. Yeah, I mean, that's big. the Germans. Okay, what about. 1966, fly on the wall being right next to Adolf Rupp watching Texas Western beat him in the national championship. I'll give you that. I mean, that'd be pretty incredible. I'd also give you uh, the game, the UCLA-Houston game at the Astrodome. Elvin Hayes. It was in front of the largest crowd ever at that point. That'd be a fun one. Do you, do you think being in a... How about the Olympics were... Uh, uh, Juan Carlos and uh, Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith. It's been I, interesting. Well, if we're talking about atmospheres, I do wonder what those atmospheres were like because I, I can't imagine at the time it was everyone's clapping and cheering and jumping around. It's Everyone's looking at him like, what are these guys doing? Compared to now where, obviously, you know, we we love them. We love them for what they did. What do you, uh, what do you expect out of the 49ers game this weekend? Because I... It does feel like, without Derek Carr, the, the Raiders went from kind of being a long shot to being a no shot. Well, you'd expect them to kick their ass, but the I mean, the Raiders technically aren't out of it. If you're looking for a team that has more to play for, you would think that the 49ers would be that team because they have a better chance of getting the two seed than the Raiders do of making the playoffs. No doubt. But if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're thinking... Well, if really health is the only thing stopping this team from winning at all, then maybe we use Christian McCaffrey for a half. You know, we're not rushing Debo Samuel back. I know he returned to practice this week, but we're we're not using him, maybe even against Arizona. Like, we're just saving him completely for the postseason. So if you're the 49ers, you would 
like to roll out to a double-digit lead in the first half and then give the ball to Jordan Mason and Ty Davis-Price 30 times. Yeah. I mean, that's that's best-case scenario, I think. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know, and, and I keep going back to the the year. Was it last year? What was the year where the, the 49ers lost to the Falcons? Was that last year? And then it was supposed to be a big – but they still had control, but it meant yeah, they Atlanta. had to beat Seattle in the last week. Yeah, it was last year. Or they, they needed to beat Houston – which was the game that Trey Lance started, right? Yes. But what I'm getting at is I think like the 49ers don't really have anything to play for. Now, I think the second seed like now when you say don't have anything to play for, it doesn't mean they're not going to go out and try as hard as they can. They of got more they to are. lose. The real question is would you would you would you rather have to go out and play two hard games now and get the number two seed, or look, we'll give you the three seed and we're guaranteeing you health. But you're going to have to go to Minnesota probably for that second game. I do think most 49er fans would say, just give me health because we'll go to Minnesota and win. But the problem I have with that is it's still two road games versus one road game, and I'd much rather you know, be at home for two games and, away, and just have to win one on the road. Yes. Like, I think it's huge. If you only have to win one road game to get to the Super Bowl, that is ideal. I mean, yeah, you, you'd love to be the one seed. You'd love to have a bye, but that that was always the advantage prior to the, the playoff system mix-up of having a top two seed is you got to win one game to get, in the, to get in the conference title game. So if you're the 49ers... Maybe you got to play an extra game the first week, but if you have two home games, and it isn't like they've looked completely different on the road than at home, but I got to imagine if you're Brock Purdy, and look, the the bright lights don't seem too bright for him, but we've been talking about pressure-filled situations all show. We've been talking about who steps up in the moment and and the experience that matters in those situations. Well, you're probably more likely to fail in a pressure-filled spot away from home, and if you got to do that twice, then that's going to be tough. Tougher. 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 So it, so it sounds like you're saying the 49ers have more to lose this weekend. Like, like you don't want to even risk the chance of an in, you know, we're not talking about McCaffrey, but maybe it's maybe it's Jake Brendel. Maybe it's um, Spencer Burford. You know, maybe it's, I don't know, Sammy Womack. But like it, it's a player that you would rather have at 100% come postseason time. If their strength is their roster, then you can't lose any piece of that. I believe they're. I believe they can go to Minnesota and win. Absolutely, but why? Why would you want to go if you don't have to? If you don't have to, why go? So, but you know, it's like, and even as we're talking about this, Evan, I find myself kind of saying, "Well, practically speaking, what are you really talking about? I mean, you're not going to hold out McCaffrey and Kittle and the big boys." Just to ensure that three weeks from now they're completely healthy, like that—that's not happening, yeah. right? And and you you can't secure health. I mean, McCaffrey could get hurt in practice. Like you, you never know. Right, right. But I, yeah, I I just think look, you go, you've won eight in a row. Just keep it going. Whatever whatever you've been doing, keep doing it. Maybe you can get a little more conservative. You know, maybe take guys out a little earlier than normal. You know, maybe run McCaffrey a little less if you can get away with that and still win games. But to me, if honestly, 
the difference to me between the Niners being the second seed and the third seed is going to be like the game against the Eagles. Like, I, I just think it's going to be harder to beat the Eagles if you just were at Minnesota as opposed to now you got to go to Philly. I'm sorry. You have a better chance yeah. if you've had two games at Levi Stadium. Now you're flying cross country to Philly to win one game in the NFC Championship rather than got to go to Minnesota. Now you got to go to now you got to go to Philly. Well, that and that that does feel like a game. Like Minnesota's played in tight games all year, so I I think the 49ers could win. But assuming you're going to be in a one score game against the team that has made one score games its theme of the season then that's going to be a tougher matchup as opposed to Philly, who probably doesn't get a breeze of a game, but they also get the bye the first week. So they're, you know, maybe New York or Washington upsets Dallas. And so, all right, you're getting the Giants in the divisional round. Okay, well, you can handle business against them. You've done it before. Philadelphia has more of a health advantage going into that game. They haven't been as taxed. So I see what you're saying. I do think as when it comes to the regular season, it's not about necessarily when you rest, guys, but I, I think you touched on it, Stiney. It's, it's the amount of touches. Like, I, like We're not going to see a Seattle Seahawk-like load for McCaffrey or, or even for any of those guys. Like I, The thing that I'll be looking for this weekend and next weekend is, it sounds kind of dumb, but it's snap count. Like how, like how often are those guys out there? How many touches are they getting? And how much do you have to use them to pick up a win against teams that you, in a perfect world, should throttle? I mean, it's. I think it's a good question, and some of this stuff is going to be out of the 49ers' control because the you know they do have an opponent. But what if, what if the Forty ers find themselves in a dogfight? Yeah, Sunday, and now all of a sudden, hey. Somebody goes out, and it's uncertain how long he's hurt when he goes out of the game. I I just – and to me, it just comes down to odds. If the 40 – the 49ers are going to have a better chance just – they're going to have a better chance to win a Super Bowl as a two-seed than a three-seed. That's just the way I look at it, and that's why I do think it's important to get to two. Not that they can't, but it'll just – Make it a road less challenging. Well, you bring up a dogfight. I do think it is more likely that there's less of a dogfight if you're at home against Minnesota than if you have to go to U.S. Bank Stadium. Like, if you have to go to Minnesota, that game just immediately stands out to me as one that's going to be a dogfight, rock fight, whatever you want to call it. That game is going to be tough. Whereas if you're at Levi's Stadium, that feels like a much more winnable game in, in easy fashion. Yeah. Maybe, not, maybe not easy, but... Well, also, just the little thing, turf and grass, right? And apparently that's been a big deal for the 49ers. Right. You know, they hate playing on turf. And Nick Bosa's expressed it. A lot of guys have. And and the last thing you want, too, of course, is to lose anyone in the postseason. Like, we're talking about how you want to load-manage guys in the regular season. Well, the truth of the matter is you're probably more likely to get hurt in the postseason. Because things are going to be much more physical, and you're going to have to be running into a garage door 15 more times than you do in the regular season. Exactly, exactly. And I also, just from a practical standpoint, 49ers quarterback is Brock Purdy, who's got 
Four starts under his belt, and he's been a great story, but he doesn't have any experience. So I don't like, you know, I'd rather have him. Hey, you get two home games in the postseason, then we got to go beat Philly and Philly, as opposed to now you're asking Brock Purdy to win two road playoff games. Like that sounds really hard if you're a quarterback with four games experience. But when you say, can you win one game in Philly on the road? Maybe. But two games on the road with Brock Purdy? Like, again, of course it can be done, but you can't tell me it's not going to be harder that way. Do you think, and maybe this is something we can run by Eric Crocker at 1 o'clock because he's he's been in the locker rooms, he's been on these fields, but do you think that, we were talking yesterday, like the whole premise that one of the reasons the Warriors struggle on the road is because role players don't play as well on the road. I wonder if that applies to football too, where... Yeah, sure, maybe Christian McCaffrey or Trent Williams isn't worried about playing on the road. They've been in playoff atmospheres before, but I don't know, maybe uh, Talanoa Hufanga, who's a great player, right? but hasn't been in those situations before. Maybe, maybe he doesn't play as well on the road. And then you're worried about, okay, well, our big boys are going to be fine, but maybe the role players, some of the you know non-focal point starters are going to Struggle a little bit, and a little bit enough to the point where a team like the Vikings could sneak up on you. See, now you got me thinking. You got me thinking. If 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 you believe in, you know, role players tend to play better at home. Because I do believe that. Yeah. To me, I'm thinking that's mostly basketball. Does the same apply to baseball and football? Because believe it or not, I I I don't think it does. And you know why? This is crazy, but you wear a helmet in football, and baseball, the action's further away. Mm-hmm. Like in basketball, when you're on the road and you're a role player, the environment almost creates more pressure, right? They can see your face. There's no anonymity. They're up close. But if I'm a – nobody's going to know if uh, Brendel chokes – you know what I mean? Yeah, Xfinity Mobile text line chiming in. And I uh, appreciate Great the show, correction. Great show, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to read that one. Yeah. Uh, Hufanga played well against Green Bay last year in the playoffs. That's absolutely a fact. But also, Jaquaski Tart dropping a, a pick. I, I, I don't know if he catches that ball at home. We'll never know. Well, who's the guy who's saying morons? Hufanga won us a game in Green Bay. Yeah, I think that, that was the point of the previous text. So I had just, just had to correct myself. Oh, I got you. And, of course, settle down. we invite correction. I always do. We love it. In fact, let me check my phone to see if Joe Lacob needs to correct me on anything today. Clarification. Warriors Portland tonight at uh, Chase Center. They're expecting uh, expecting a big crowd. It's the Warriors, after all. I would hope so. Uh, no Wiggins, no Curry, no Jamichael Green. I'm looking at the uh, Portland. This is not going to be an easy game. I kind of feel like, and I feel this way, too. Like, I feel... Warriors are they're a lock to go six and two on this trip, it feels like. I mean, to me it feels like, yeah, the worst they're gonna do at this point is three and two the rest of the trip. But my man JD, huh? What makes you think that? What? Oh, they could lose to Portland tomorrow. Yeah, I guess, but I think they're going six and two on this trip, the Warriors. I think they I think they're going seven and one. Actually. But the loss could be tonight. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six and two, but I think you could be right. It could be uh I think, absolutely I think they're going 7-1. Who's their loss? Phoenix? Hey. Actually, I think their best chance for a loss is probably tonight. Phoenix isn't going to have Booker. 
That's a good point. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard back in town tonight against the Golden State Warriors. Also coming up at 1 o'clock, Eric Crocker. We're going to jump into the 49ers. He's of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Don't go anywhere on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody's out and uh, having a good time today. If you're working, thanks for uh, bringing us along. On the Odyssey app, my sources are saying the Odyssey app has been jumping. And it would make sense. It would make sense. The traffic patterns are a little bit different right now during the holidays. Probably a lot of people Uh, on Battery Street listening. So far, so good. Oh, by the way, uh, Old Ship. Uh, If you're a big listener to this show, you know that we we like to go down the street to a place called the Old Ship, an establishment, and uh, we enjoy ourselves there. And it's basically our chase center. It's a great call. We we play well there. (laughs) Yes, we do. And uh, anyway, they're closing down for a couple months because of uh, some uh, interior work being done, and uh, so that means. That means I'm going to have more money uh, in January and February, basically. Yeah, so now they're going to shut down for a couple months. So today's the uh, last day. I know. It's hard to think about. It really I is. I know. It's, it's... No, the old ship is fantastic. Everyone that works there has treated us very well. And it's it's just sad to think about. Won't be able to go down there for a couple months. Exactly. Who exactly. knows what comes after? All right. Yeah, I know. End of an era. You know, Guru, tomorrow's not promised. That's Neither's the old ship. Um, all right. Golden State Warriors play game four of an eight-game homestand tonight at Chase Center. And Portland's in town. Portland, I think, is 18 and 16, so they're up on the Warriors in the standings, but everybody's pretty bunched together, at least four through 11. Uh, no Steph Curry, no Andrew Wiggins, and no Jamichael Green. Seriously, you think they're going to go 7-1? and one? On this trip, they're three and zero already. These last three games have really made you that confident. When they play at home, yes. Okay, fair, fair, and also because of the teams that they're playing. So you get past Portland tonight. See, you got you got Atlanta. I think Portland's going to be. I think Portland may be the toughest game remaining on the trip. I think it is, and that's why. If, Who is if it? They, Atlanta. Atlanta after Portland, so Atlanta. Yeah. Detroit, yep. Orlando, yeah. and then you finish with Phoenix, and none of those games are on a back-to-back. So you've already got, arguably, past the toughest two when it comes to, you know, you're going to have your as much of a full cast of characters as you can. Right. So Portland is probably the toughest game left. Phoenix is a tough game, but they're different without Devin Booker. And they have also haven't been playing very good basketball lately. Who knows if they will come a couple weeks when they come to Golden State, but yeah, the next three games after tonight, you should win a couple of them, maybe even going away. So, yeah, I'm looking at the rest of this home slate, and like, what? why can't they rattle off the next four or five? Well, the way I look at it is you should beat Orlando, you should beat Detroit, and right now, just where they are in their season, you should beat the Hawks. So can you get one of the other two, and that's seven and one. I mean, it's... it's uh, uh, it's, do I keep saying trip? My bad. 
Uh, it's a homestand, obviously. They don't take a trip till after the homestand's over. But uh, and it's also important too because you got a chance here. So Portland's ahead of you. Phoenix is ahead of you. So you know if you rattle up, if you pile up a couple of wins here right now, Golden State's the ten seed. By the end of this homestand, they're let's see, right now one and a half games. Sorry, two games out of the six. So if you go four out of the next five, then you're probably looking at maybe being the eight seed out of the end of this homestand. Possibly, for sure. And then, you know, if we're if we're talking about the Warriors trying to get to a six, that seems very attainable, especially before potentially even the All Star break. If they get healthy, I don't. I think that's within reach. I think it's going to be a little. A little tougher, obviously, to get up to get up to four. You know what I was thinking about tonight's game? So no Curry, no Wiggins. And usually I would be uh but here's where he, he follow me here. Okay. I get Wiseman and Kaminga don't play a ton. I get that we all want to see them more. But the fact that we're seeing them consistently now. That makes the game more exciting. Without Steph Curry, like without Steph Curry, Portland coming in tonight, you know what? Come on, come on. As a team that's won four titles, there's just you know you're real disappointed Curry's not playing. And I'm not saying you're not disappointed. Of course you are, but you know what? There's something to watch for now with the Warriors. Every single game, and at the end of that road trip. Uh, the previous road trip in New York, Brooklyn, and, and there wasn't like there was nothing, there was nothing to even watch. It was, it, it just wasn't worth anything. Well, now the games mean something, especially for Wiseman and Kaminga. And the thing that I I enjoy is trying to figure out Evan if this is the start of those guys beginning to contribute in their careers. It, it would kind of make sense. Wiseman's two and a half years in. This is a year and a half for Kaminga. Guess what? They're starting to. It seems so is like... Is it the official start? There is more of a, if you know what I'm saying, a game within a game. Like, we can see both their progression as individuals and now also, finally, them being able to help you win games. I mean, before it was... Yeah, if Jonathan Kaminga can just look like he belongs on a court, then that's that's a plus. If James Wiseman can, you know, score some points, that's that's great on him. Like before the before this homestand, I, I I know we want to make fun of it, but it's like okay, twelve of fourteen for James Wiseman in a meaningless loss. Each of the last two years would have been blown up as this this big thing because James Wiseman is. Uh, you know, you want to see something from him. And he gave you the big numbers. The big numbers that really kind of filled the whole storyline of his rookie season, the 12-6. and six. Okay, well, the 12-6, and six, now looking back on it, it meant nothing. But now, and the 12-14 against Brooklyn meant nothing. Like, we talked about his contributions against Charlotte and Utah, in which he played less than 10 minutes and did not score very many points, as being a sign of... He could help this team, and he's getting better as a player. So if I'm looking at this game tonight against Portland, what am I watching? Well, obviously I want to watch Jordan Poole, but I'm not worried about him. And I'm getting to the point now where within their you know kind of niche or, or more defined roles, 
I'm beginning to become less worried about Kaminga and Wiseman because it seems like they at least have built upon games in a way they haven't done yet in their careers. Now, who knows? T- tonight, they could be absolutely terrible, and Portland could expose them, and they could take a step back. But at least now you're looking at that as, okay, well, they played three out of the last four games well, as opposed to, well, they've played one of the last four games well. And that's and that's what it's all about. I mean, it really is what it's all about. And I, I what I mean by that is, so... Wiseman's last two games in New York, they didn't matter. They meant nothing. You know what? Until the three games after that. Because now, okay, he's 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 helped you in three straight games. Okay, why only three? What happened in that fourth game? Well, he had 30, but it didn't mean anything. Well, you know what? Now you can look at it the opposite way and say, you know, maybe that was the start of it. First of all, by the way, do you know how many... I'd love to find this out. What percentage of NBA players have scored 30 points in a game since the history of the game? Because I'll tell you what. I get it. Garbage time, garbage time. You score 30 in an NBA game? (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of points. There have been a lot of players who've never scored 30 points, quite frankly, and who couldn't even... Don't even have that in their arsenal. Yeah, Never had it in that's their true. arsenal. So uh, good for him. But I, I do like uh, I do like watching those two guys to see. And I, you know what? And I particularly like watching them now without Curry because there's a little more pressure on them. Now they got to play. Yeah, with Steph Curry, they can get away with playing average. Well, you know what? We kind of need you to be a little better than that now. All right, let's watch it. Somebody said, uh, shouldn't the Warriors beat Portland tonight if Nurkic doesn't play? I saw. I thought Nurkic was going to play. Now I guess he's game-time decision. And I was thinking that, too. And this is the way I always get. All right, who's, tonight's game, who's the best player on the floor? Who's got the best player tonight? That would be Portland. Danny hey. Lillard. No, he's got the second best player. Golden State. Mm, really? Who? Jordan Poole. You'd rather have Jordan Poole than Jeremy Grant? See, I might have allowed you Draymond. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is Portland ain't that bad. I mean, look at their players. They got Simon, who's I, yeah. who's okay. coming. They got I, Jeremy yeah, Grant's I got you. a good little player, man. He is good. Lillard, Nurkic. I mean, He's, I almost would look. Well, Warriors are missing their two best players. How are they going to win tonight? Well, you're looking They've at got a, a volume shooter in Pool Clay. Who knows? Roll the dice with Clay. Well, Pool also hasn't shot the ball well the last True. couple of games. So I, I, I am assuming that he's going to have one of those nights where things are clicking. Uh, Clay Thompson hopefully doesn't shoot you out of the game. In fact, shoots you into the game, and then Draymond Green and Kevon Looney lock down the back line to the point where defensively they have been a far better team. In the first month and a half of the season. Also, when it comes to the young guys, too, it's. You said something interesting about them playing without Curry and Wiggins. It does feel like now Kaminga, Wiseman, and even you can throw Lamb and Jerome and, you know, Moody in there. It does feel like the young guys, they affect the result of the game more. 
and that, that's why I, I enjoy watching them because they can tip the scales more than they were allowed to when Curry and Wiggins were in the lineup. And so you get to see whether they can affect... Steve Kerr said it, I believe, yesterday with J.D. and Allen, like winning plays. They are making more winning plays. And that's kind of what we haven't been allowed to see because either they haven't earned the minutes or they haven't gotten them because they haven't been there. But they are in a position now where throughout the course of the game, you get to see how many winning plays... Jonathan Kaminga or James Wiseman make, whereas before, even if they made you know a bad play, it, it didn't always matter as much. Whereas now, on a game like tonight, like yeah, they do need Kaminga and Wiseman both to play well in the minutes they get. Right, right, and the, you know the stakes are a little higher for them. Four one five. The Warriors have been trash on the road, worse than the NBA, just because they've won some home games. How can you talk like they've turned the corner? Okay, here's my feeling on that one. And I, I mean, I don't want to get into semantics of have they turned the corner because it's too answer to say it's too easy to say no, not till they win in the road. Yeah. Fine. Okay. So I'm I'm not gonna argue that necessarily particular thing. And I don't necessarily think that I said they turned the corner. But I do think that was right, the question we posed yesterday. Right. Right where they're at now, I would say, you know what, I think the Warriors are sitting pretty. I really do. Why, Steiny? They're the worst team in the road. Well, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because the first half, the first 20, I'm going to use round numbers here, but the first 20 games, your young players that you said were going to be a big part of this season stunk. They were terrible. And I get people don't like to hear that, but they, for NBA players, they were not playing very well. At the same time, Clay and Poole weren't playing well either. Boom, they're three and seven. All right. That's a bad start. Then they write themselves, they get to 500, they get back under, now Curry gets hurt, Wiggins is out, they can't win on the road. They just can't. They come off their worst trip, the 1-4 and four trip, and they get blown out in New York against the Nets and the, and the uh, Knicks. All right, that was about nine days ago. At that point, they're a mess. Honest to goodness, at that point, Warrior fans, be honest. After the Nets game, were you thinking, if, if you're a big enough fan that you knew, well, we got eight games at home, aren't you thinking, we might go two and six? Yeah. Like, we could, like if we don't get it together for eight home games, which we might not because we didn't really put, we didn't play what, you know, I mean, so they come back and they win three games in a row, two, let's just say two against subpar opponents, that's fine. But the reason I think they're set up, is because now they've had three games where the one issue is starting to be addressed, the young players. Whether you, the, Against the Utah Jazz, the Golden State Warriors had six young players. They helped them win the game. And I'm including Patrick Baldwin Jr. I'm including Lamb, Stan, uh, Ty Jerome, and the, the, the three other guys. So can they keep that up? And like you said, I think they're going six and two, seven and one. Those are our predictions. I think if they go seven and one, that means the guys are playing pretty well still. Perfect. Now you're seven and one at home. Now you got to go on the road. Well, guess what? Steph Curry's probably back now. And the guys who haven't been playing well on the road, the young guys, let's just say, now they got a good homestand behind them. It's like a reset. 
It's like a reset for those guys. Hey guys, come on! Like we got a five game. You know, we're in San Antonio for Kaminga. Can you can you help us win that game, Kaminga and Wiseman? Because now it's on the road. Like I just think it's set up to start to progress. Exactly. I I think you're right. And okay, let me ask you this: Who have been the most two consistent players for the Warriors this year? Two most consistent players. Yeah. I would say, well, I mean, Curry. But, Steph, yeah. Okay, and, and Wiggins. Wiggins. Yeah. Okay, so they're hurt now. This is a point where coming off the road trip, after Curry goes down, you're thinking, well, the rest of you guys now got to figure it out. And apparently on the road, they couldn't figure it out. Right. So that that question still needs to be answered. But if you're entering a homestand and a place where you have been successful, but you don't have your two best guys and you're thinking, gosh, we, we just went... One of our last, you know, we went one and five our last six. We, we got questions about the young guys. We got questions about if, if Poole can kind of keep us afloat from a scoring perspective while Curry's out. Can Draymond pick up the slack defensively for Wiggins not being out there? Maybe, maybe some questions are larger than others. But you got a lot in flux without your two mainstays. So that to me is why you hear the fragility, the the theme of that rise because it's like you are in a place where you have now had a ton of questions that have gone unanswered with your two most consistent players and now it seems like we're beginning to get not the whole answer but part of the answer to a lot of those questions I mean we had the conversation you and Guru did earlier this year like all right what's what's the biggest issue is is it the big boys is it the, is it the bench is it the second unit well the second unit's been killing you you know they got the best starting five in the end but what's what, what's going on okay well now Without your two most consistent players, your two overall, I would say, most important players, you're looking at a team that has demonstrated the last three games and will get a chance to prove the next five, starting tonight, that they can win without those guys. So it does feel a little bit like, all right, when you hit the road, you have not only momentum, but you have a little more confidence restored that you can change the narrative of how you play on the road because you'll probably get Wiggins back. I don't know if you'll get Curry back before you hit the road, but you would hope so. And then it's like, all right, now now the season starts. The season starts right. after Christmas because now we get our full cast and we have confidence in everything going for us right now. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun next 5 games and then to me it's going to be a fun Five after that, because that's when they do go on the road. It starts in San Antonio, but first things first, and that's uh, does does a game every tonight. game kind of feel like a prove it game at this point? For maybe not for the team, but for individuals, like there's something each game that someone has to prove. You know what's interesting is I I, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at it individually. I just don't. I look at it, the Golden State Warriors, and and this is kind of what I mean. Like if uh, if uh, Let's just say tonight they win. Mm-hmm. Kaminga plays good. Well, he plays well. Wiseman, uh, Moody, Moody steps up a little bit as a nice little eleven point game in eight minutes. And Wiseman gets in foul trouble and struggles. Yeah, like that's a win. Like I don't, in a way, I don't hold it against Wiseman and say, well, now he's below. It's like no, you guys are young players as a whole. Like I not like as a young player, guess what? I I'm already giving you and allowing you're going to be inconsistent. 
Like, James Wiseman's 21 years old. He's going to be inconsistent. Okay, that's fine. And so's Kaminga. But can you start overlapping and make it up for a guy who doesn't play well? Like, okay, Wiseman doesn't play well. Well, can he still win? Can Kaminga help you more than Wiseman hurts you? That's a net positive. So, I'm in. So each game, it's... It's, we, a, we, it's all a unit. we got to get unit. one and a half every night. Or just... It, it, it's, it's about results, really. It's about results. Like... And they're going to go hand in hand. If the war, let's say the Warriors lose, what would have to occur for the Warriors to lose the rest of the games on this homestand? They go on five. Outside of an injury. Outside of an injury, uh, well, you let's say Draymond can't misses make a shot. Draymond misses a few games, and it to me that means everybody played poorly. Yeah, no, like, we're like, at the point now where if if they lose four out of the next five. It's it's because the entire team exactly fell down exactly right and that's why for them to go four and one if they were to end up seven and one like there's no way they end up seven and one without the young guys continuing to help them like they're helping right mm-hmm. like they're like and I'm when I say young guys again now I'm throwing that out there. I'm talking six guys I'm talking six guys because Lamb and and Jerome play so you got to account for them so at the end of you know. If, if the Golden State Warriors finish this trip six and two or seven and one, that in essence means the young guys were pretty good or acceptable at the very least, because I don't think the Warriors are good enough to overcome that many young players being terrible collectively. Yeah, no, I think they're in a great spot. It, it feels like everyone outside of maybe the you know top four or five guys. Is beginning to develop or beginning to grow, and so if you're if you're talking if you're telling me this is a team that's 500 right now, maybe they're not world beaters at this point, but it does feel like there's a road that a few months ago I didn't see, which is these guys are now progressing to the point where yes, they can help you win games, but by the end of the regular season, well, maybe they could progress to the point where they could help you win a playoff game, and that's something at the beginning of this year I was like. No way in hell. Absolutely, I thought no way in hell either. Or, or you better adjust. Like, what do you say? What do you think is contributing in the playoffs? Yeah, you know, to to what I think. But no, I, I think that's a. I, I mean, I think that's a good. That's a good way to look at it. To I mean, tell hopefully, you the truth. it's it, it's obviously class half full, but you know, it just from the way that. You hear people talk about the team now, inside and out, and the way they were talking about them a month, month and a half ago. No doubt. And I'll, okay, here you go. This is exactly what you're talking about. I'll, I'll uh, I will uh, push your point home. On the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line yesterday, I didn't read the text, but you know, I, I made a bet with Guru. He says the Warriors are going to win it all. Yeah. And I say no. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody said, "Sign you a little more worried about that bet with Guru." You nervous? And I was like, well, you know, a little more than last week. Yep. No doubt. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, how can, even if you're like, I never worry, everything's fine, they're going to, how could you not look at them coming off that trip thinking, yikes, they come off that trip. I'm like, oh my God, this team stinks. And there's no hope, it felt like. We're not, I mean, I'm exaggerating everything. But now you're starting to think, Okay, you guys are playing a little bit, and 
the reality is they don't have their two best players, including well, the top three to four players in the league. Wiggins is a really good defender when he's engaged. That's kind of what they need. Draymond Green's shown that he's got some good games still in him. Clay's very erratic along with Poole, but they've got a track record. You know, you <laughs> it's not outside the realm. The picture's becoming just a little that's clearer. A, no, that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Do I think the Warriors are going to win it? I do not. There was also a point can where they? a few weeks ago it was like, yes, they can. Do I have to? Do I have to watch this tonight? I mean, I agree with that. Now, good point. I want to watch every single game, and and I understand not everyone can watch every game. There's you know cable issues or blackouts, but I'm going to go out of my way to try and watch each and every one of these games. The rest of the homestand, even though they're playing some of the. A couple of the worst teams in the league. Correct. I was not locked in for yeah. the Nets and the Knicks games. Like, but tonight, tip, you know, tonight it's like Warriors Portland tonight at seven. Like, let's go. Where are you going to be? I'll be at home watching it, but I'll be watching it. Ship at seven. That's a long time. That's a five-hour pregame for Warrior Tip. It's a long time. Unless I'm going to the game, I could go to the game and do that. I can't go to the game though. That's a Las Vegas yeah. Raiders 49ers pregame on New I'm wearing, Year's Eve. I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I'm not going to the Golden State Warriors in sweatpants. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I would go to the Warriors game in sweatpants for $800. We can make that happen. I, but if you said signing, I'll give you 500 Just go like that. I'd be like, no. I'm not, I'm not walking in. To an NBA arena wearing sweats and a t-shirt. Now, for 800 800 I would do it, Maybe. but I'd stay, I'd stay up on that third level. The nosebleeds. And let me tell you something. <laughs> I wouldn't let anybody. Come on, you got to dress a little better than that. All right, coming up on the other side, let's get into some 49ers. They play the Raiders on Sunday with Eric Crocker. He's of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Uh, former NFL defensive back. We'll do that 